0: Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by ex-Boogie, the kid, MG, Mark Goodwill. He's gone from the dark side to the side of light, the Little Birdie team. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Thanks, Nico. It's been a
0: big week. And Darcy Spinks, hey, out of COVID lockdown, away from Byron, back into the hustle-bustle of Melbourne. Yes, I did, I guess.
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got caught up a little bit. In Byron and Brisbane, had to go into isolation, uh, which was interesting. But we're back, I'm COVID free, and yeah, thank goodness, thank happy. goodness. Yeah, I'm happy. It was beautiful in Byron, though. I don't regret it.
0: No. <laughs> oh, I can't can't blame you. The weather's just starting to turn. All the- we've had a couple little hot spells in Melbourne. I think the Melbourne weather's been. A little um, bit better than Sydney of late. It's been underwater, Sydney. so Easter
1: weekend was as good as you can get.
0: Yeah. It yeah. oh. was uh, picture perfect. Yeah, it was very good.
2: Got some was- tanning in. It was lovely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, speaking of perfect, it was nearly a perfect week for you, MG. It was just absolutely fat. Uh, the first couple of games of football, you were there in the Brisbane Lions-Collingwood game and we piled in. It was my lock of the week, the the lions and the pies, they jumped them early, and then you, set, you you just turned into a mad fan after the game. It was like you won on the premiership, you thought, being there. Yeah, it was lucky there was uh,
2: <laughs> no one
1: filming us, actually. I was, uh, went with a couple of line supporters, and a couple were back the line, so we were in the right section. Um, yeah, it was crazy scenes at the end of the game. I haven't jumped around like that since I was a kid, so I uh, had a few people on the shoulders and uh, would have thought it was a final were going on. and Unfortunately, we looked around, all Columns supporters are staring at us, so uh, just kind of made our way to the bar and... Be quite a celebration but uh, no nah, great kick after the siren not sure whether they deserved to win but it was probably payback from the week before when uh, they got robbed against geelong so it's very good
0: yeah it was great and it was great to see uh young zach bailey just go back and and suck up all the pressure it was like the bont the week before and i just love seeing forwards take the onus upon themselves just to go back and do the right thing and it's just something that not enough forwards are doing once the ball gets inside inside 50 or on that arc you just got to load the cannons. Most guys can kick 50 metres, and now you've got this man on the mark rule. You can sort of just walk around and and make sure you can get to sort of 48 or 50 metres and, and have a have a shot. So, it's uh, it's fantastic, and uh, a lot of players aren't playing on instinct, and that's why a guy called you know um, CJ for Hawthorn, Giath, he's absolutely airborne, and more players just need to take the game on. And those players that are playing naturally and instinctively are really standing out at the moment. There's a host of players. The bloke from Melbourne goes okay. The the
1: young forward that's light... Oh, akin to Cyril Rioli. Yeah, He's yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah, it was good highlights um, this weekend, wasn't there? There was a lot of great uh, individual highlights, uh, some bags being kicked, um, goal after the siren, um, close game that we watched in the office on Monday. Uh, got to experience uh, the highlights with uh, Brisbane on the Thursday night and the lowlights of sitting with Hawthorne supporters on the <laughs> Monday. So um, they ran them close, and uh, unfortunately, maybe there was a decision or two that just uh, swayed that result of the game, unfortunately.
0: Mm, it was it was an interesting one. I didn't think the umpiring was that bad in the hawthorne Geelong game. It was an absolute robbery for Brisbane Lions against uh, the Cats the week before. But um, yeah, well we might cover it in the sting a little bit later on because uh, I thought the umpiring across the uh, across the games was pretty good this week compared to what it's been and. I think with umpires, they should be sort of seen and not heard, but uh, Razor Ray just had to involve himself into the Hawthorne-Geelong game late. He just can't help himself, can he, Ray?
1: No. Well, maybe they can just unmic him. then they're, uh, they're not heard during the game, that would be one way, but um, yeah, Razor Ray, he, um, he gets a bit excited in the games, he likes to be involved and uh, he certainly doesn't muck around, blowing the whistle and uh, teach, uh, teaching, uh, telling the players like they're little kids, I think at times, which is... Uh, not a good look for the game, in my opinion.
0: Mm. Adelaide, you were all over them uh, to beat the Gold Coast. There was a few people that took positives out of the shellacking that they copped to the Swans the week before, but uh, you found the gold there, and the market definitely uh, moved that way, and one of your AFL stings has already started to shift seismically, and West Coast Eagles was another uh, clever one from you against Port Adelaide. Rarely you get to see West Coast at such big odds. Uh, it was a tricky game to bet into, but you are sort of proven right. The Port Adelaide form hasn't been too steady. It's looked good because they've had bad sides. But uh, West Coast, you've been on West West Coast and Western Bulldogs from the get-go and uh, listeners of the show would be filling up on, on both sides at the moment.
1: Yeah, we decided to uh, give that out in the show last week and just explain that, uh, you know, obviously West Coast got a great home ground advantage. Um, Port had, had two soft games coming in and, uh, you know, it just kind of played out that way. I think they're uh, they belted off the park, actually, Port. West Coast got it got out of the blocks early and just dominated the game. Um, they just they just shouldn't start outsiders at home, mm. even even to Richmond and the like. Um, they're just too good in the market. The market didn't really move great. They only just started favourites, but you know, when we um, did the show last week Port, Port had started favourites and I just thought that was just the wrong side. So didn't think they'd win by as much as they did. But uh, the West Coast one 39 at 250. was a nice little pick-up.
0: Mm. And uh, Darcy's Tigers, they might be lacking a little bit of your support. Darcy might have to get the, uh, the scarf on and start heading down yeah. to the G the next opportunity you get. Barrett yeah. for the Tigers.
2: I was watching that game. That was a bit <laughs> disappointing, actually. Uh, hopefully hopefully they come back. Who are they playing again?
1: <laughs> Swans.
2: I was watching it, but I can't did remember. You, did, you turn off
1: a, did you turn off a quarter time? Yeah. Or Probably, half
2: time? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I lost interest about half-time. Yeah. but. Yeah, that was disappointing.
1: Yeah, no, the, Swans were, um, yeah the Swans are 3-0 and now. Um, got a big chance to go 4-0 this week. to play Essendon on Thursday night at home, uh, probably with Buddy Franklin back as well. So mm. they're, they're trucking uh, unbelievably at the moment. Um, whether their young kids can hold up over the whole season is yet to be seen. But, um, you know, they changed their game style and took a big scalp in Richmond on the weekend. So we'll see if they can back it up against Essendon home this week.
0: Mm, needs to be seen to believe the improvement from the Swans and something else is, uh, is our man, Big Texan. You keep tipping him for most goals each week and he's just come out with another bag. Is there, is there a more improved player in the competition than Tex Walker at the moment?
1: I'm not sure you can be... Uh, can keep a veteran? He, can you keep improving when you're... Uh, Benjamin Button. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, um, How old is he? Oh, he's north of 30. He would be, yeah. yeah. Only just. Don't want to age him too much. <laughs> he's, he's a professional athlete. Um, yeah.
3: But for good. a team
1: that was uh, definitely tipped to be... Uh, well, by myself, I thought they'd be running for the wooden spoon at the start of the year... Um, yeah, the game just shows a little tinkering with the game. Um, brings back a lot of the big forwards, and we saw it again over the weekend with Bruce kicking 10. Um, Harry McCoy of Carlton kicks 7. Um, yeah, Tex continues to kick, kick 5 or 6 each week. Um, so it's good for football. I think, uh, you know, it's going back to a bit of the 80s and 90s where mm. a one-on-one contest and it's good to see uh, the big forwards having a big say in the games because they're, they're, you know, not extinct in the game, but, um, you know, they're, they're definitely being brought back in the first three weeks. So it's good to see.
0: Okay, the last pump-up that I'll give you was the Western Bulldogs. You absolutely aced that. The line moved heavily against North Melbourne. They are in dire straits, but you sort of suggested there'll be big bags of goals there, and you sort of half-tipped out the uh, the $3-plus for 60 points, and it was an absolute shellacking. So it was a fill-up very early, and it was uh, a nice way to finish off the rest of the AFL round. But uh, the sting in the tail this week, it's a little bit different. Uh, we've, we've had a couple in the uh, the crosshairs, or the uh, in the sting, but... Um, Something we came across on Monday was this arc, the review, and it was a a real timely goal that was awarded to Geelong and it brought up a couple of um, pain points, Mark.
1: Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, we were watching it and it was obviously, um, well, not a crucial time necessarily in the game, but, um, you know, nine minutes ago in the last quarter and Geelong were were all, uh, sorry, Hawthorne were coming at at Geelong and um, Geelong had decided they'd had a big lead and were just going to camp down on it. Um, What looked like a goal, I, I... you know, I, I know the umpire called touched and he's allowed to go on the negative side whether he, he thought it was touched or not. But the, uh, the goal reviews that uh, the public saw, and I haven't seen anything since, definitely doesn't show the ball being touched. So I just think maybe it's got to be not weighted so much of the goal umpire and, and the people in the arc have got to be given more leeway that uh, you know it should be for the positive of the game instead of the negative maybe. Um, if that was paid to Hawthorne, then all of a sudden the scores are equal. And unfortunately, from a result of that kick out, Geelong went coast to coast and kicked the goal and that kind of, um, you know, put a two two goal gap or 11 point change and the final result's five points. So, you know, if you look at it deep into the game, um, in theory, it could have cost Hawthorne the game. So from that point, it's a bit disappointing because, you know, as you said, I thought the umpires overall had a pretty good week Mm. um, and they were having a good game until that. And it just leaves a bad taste in the mouth again. Um, you know for supporters and you know instead of walking away again as a good game for both supporters they kind of walk away and Hawthorne had just uh, a bit of sour taste in the mouth that maybe that result could have uh, changed the outcome of the game
0: And what about the thickness of the padding in the post was something that you noticed as well you were looking very very closely and obviously the whole ball has to be over the line but the thickness of the post all of a sudden is something that is a grey area Well the commentator brought that up in the
1: the coverage I thought it was uh, well the rule reads that It's got to be, the whole ball's got to be over the line.
0: Does it include the thick padding of the goal post? I'm not sure,
1: the goal post, I don't know. Well, the commentators in the coverage definitely thought that was true. Mm. So, um, yeah, might have to get some clarity on that because the posts uh, add an extra half a foot thickness, you know, at least I think some of the the paddings around the posts, which are 100% there for safety reasons. Um, But if the whole ball's got to be over the post, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it, it has to run pretty deep over the line to get there. So i think maybe that was an error in the commentary i'm not sure or maybe we're reading it wrong but i think it's just got to be over the line not the post so that was an interesting call on uh, one of those close marks it was stewart from geelong wasn't it Mm. Um, that made that mark so yeah yeah, it was interesting
2: for those that didn't see it okay me um, (laughs) was it how talk me through it like was it above the post or something like what was the
1: no it is in the slow mo so you've obviously got the the padding of the post that goes up I don't know eight ten feet, I guess yeah, yeah. Um, it's a so the, ho- the highest point I guess where they were where they're going to mark the ball and obviously from the goal cam you can see the ball tracking across the um what what would be the line but yeah. then the padding sits back another we'll call it you know 2 to 4 inches kind of thing yeah right um, so if the ball's got to be past the padding and not just the line which we can't really see from where mm. the cameras are set up mm. then I don't know if that's an well, in the the, rule or not. And the
0: technology just hasn't improved. It's just not up to scratch in the arc. Like for the for the last, I don't know, maybe five years, it feels like they've made one or two camera improvements. But given the technology, given the investment in the game, given what's the the stake and um, what's on the line in the games, there just needs to be a better way. Like we film this show using using about five different cameras. And if we can have five different cameras for our tiny little podcast here. Surely they can fix it on mm. the major grounds, especially the MCG. There's just no excuse. But it just seems well well, um, well underdone, the ARC rule. And, mm. and speaking of underdone, there's a couple of teams that are going around underdone. And uh, we're going to put a couple under the microscope here. We've got GWS yet to win a game. We've got North Melbourne, St Kilda and Fremantle. There is... Not much going on there. There's not much passion. There's not much thought. Collingwood had a little bit of a brain fade again on Friday night. It's been well documented, the Daniel Rich not picking up. There's a lot of players just going through the motions, but particularly at GWS, North Melbourne, uh, Fremantle and St Kilda. Who do you think the most unimpressive at the moment and who's lacking the effort and, and who's lacking the cattle in your mind? So it can can be a little bit of a let-off.
1: Yeah, I'm not... Uh... There's a lot of them. That's why we, list, we listed them at the moment. I think there's a few teams that haven't uh, started well this year. Um, I know the Giants have got some injuries, obviously, but they wouldn't have imagined they would be 0 and 3 you know, going into the start of the year. So, um, And just their effort, I think, has been insipid at times. Um, they're lacking leadership. Now they've lost their captain. Um, just not sure all wells in Giant land. not sure where to go with the kangaroos you know it's it's uh i don't think it's uh you know everyone's beaten up on them fair reason their first three games have been uh, very ordinary They've lost by over 50 points you know we that's why we tipped the bulldogs last week really big we didn't think they'd go win by over 100. um there's not too many teams that lose by 128 points in the afl anymore Um, so i don't know i don't know where some of these sides do go um you know st kilda's another one if you, you you watch the replay of st kilda's game and even the week before Something's not right at St Kilda either. I know they've got some injuries, yeah. um, but for a side that improved so much last year, I'm not sure whether they went into this year thinking that they would just run through and make finals and then have a crack at it or something, but there's just no effort. There's no team um, ethos in their defence. You know, No two-way running's been well highlighted through the media. So yeah, I think a lot of sides have got some, some real issues at the moment. So um, we'll see how round four, they've all got winnable games, Nico, so um, we'll see this time next week. To see if of can actually get on the board and show some improvement and maybe show their fans their club their jumper you know and uh you know play play for more than maybe they're just match payments mm.
0: it was good to see on uh, on the couch some negative talk or some you know criticism from rewalt and a couple of these players actually having a crack at st kilda and calling these like clubs out i haven't seen anything on 360 or on the couch or the first crack talking about the goal umpiring decision from the arc that we we're speaking about before but Everything is Awesome crew at Fox Footy. They they just never will report anything negative. So it's good that we can sort of hold them to account on this show. But another thing about these, these four clubs, for 12 years now, the Gold Coast Suns have been in the mix. So we've had this expansion thing going on. And I'm saying that the sides at the bottom at the moment and the golf that's in the game, the GWS Giants, they made the grand final, terrific effort, but they're the only team that have got within a bull's roar of... Uh, getting close to a grand final and are insipid in it. So GWS and Gold Coast Suns are the expansion teams and then St Kilda and North Melbourne are going awfully. Now, the NRL is talking about another team in Brisbane. And I'm saying with the expansion in the AFL competition at the moment, it's 12 years since the Gold Coast Suns entered the competition. I think it's been a complete failure. Tasmania wants a team. But I think the lesson that the AFL needs to learn here was the way they treated the the Fitzroy and Brisbane merger. They pushed the Lions from Victoria up to Brisbane and I would say that's worked. You cannot start from scratch a pop-up side and think it's going to work. We're 12 years on and th- these two expansion teams have diluted the talent. In the NFL, you've got 32 teams for 320 30 million mm-hmm. and the game is elite and every game is pretty pretty elite. The contest Go down to the wire. It's an unbelievable product. It's a shorter season, but it is premium, like, premium content. Yeah. The AFL have got 18 teams for 25 million. It'll be an absolute error if they open up another Hobart team or they let the cellar dwellers like St Kilda and North Melbourne just keep, they keep propping them up. I think that there's a couple of big errors, and to fix it, you could push. I don't know. This is not going to be popular. You could push North Melbourne to the Gold Coast, and you could push the Saints to GWS and merge the clubs. And I think the competition would be much better for it. Jeez, <laughs>
1: that's interesting. Not sure that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we'll have a look at the new, like. It. Everyone's up in arms at the moment in, in NRL, saying how lopsided the competition is, and Peter Volandi's and the, the talk at the NRL is to uh, expand. So. Don't like more people are gonna watch it if it's a better standard. So yeah. push the team, less teams, better contests. We just don't have the population or sample size. Like in Tasmania, I think they've got a quarter of a million people. They haven't got the population to support a team. They need an existing fan base to be to be um, help, like yeah. pushed into that. What?
1: I don't know why the Australian sport overall keeps trying the Gold Coast market. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. And, and, you know, I don't believe there's a team. NRL tried it. Um, You know, the basketball, everyone. The Gold Coast just doesn't work. For some reason, it's an attractive market on the outside to go into. But they can't, you know, they don't have the population either. And they don't probably have the lifestyle Mm. that supports a pro People that go up there to watch footy,
2: Mm.
1: attend it. Yeah, people from Victoria go up when their team plays. They Mm. supply the crowd. And I'm not sure that many players are attracted to the Gold Coast as well. Their retention rate's not high. Um, I don't know where the club goes either. But the you know does it get to a point where the AFL um, have invested so much money into it that now they can't, can't renege on out. it? But they they can't merge sides at the moment because it's written in the t- um, TV pay mm. deals and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of factors that going into it. Either creating new sides, merging sides, moving sides. It's not an easy process. Mm. And you know there's only certain windows that they can do it um whether tasmania can or can't again it's a small market um i get the attraction for it but it's probably got similar revocations to going to say darwin mm. um you know darwin maybe could support a team they don't have the population either but at least you know they're a bit afl mad whereas the gold coast isn't
0: yeah, i'd tend to agree anyway we'll uh we'll push on with the rest of today's show that was Sting in the tail so we've got that off our chest but we've got the afl round three review and then we've got round four preview Mark is on fire at the moment, and so is our man Top Robe Tedeschi. He's back for the Hall of Fame and Round 5 action on NRL. And then we've got uh, the AFL and NRL charity. It's Lock of the Week. The boys have been doing circles, and I think it's time for me to join Lock of the Week. I took the Brisbane Lions last week. They absolutely fell in. But uh, I think they were a good thing. I, I backed them in the run. I couldn't get on. I had to ring up to uh, place the bet. That's another bean in my bonnet. There's uh, you, you just can't bet uh, online, in play, and that's something we might talk about next week. But uh, if you're having a bet this week,
2: Das. Topsport.com.au. Family owned and run for 30 years. Bet with a bookmaker you can trust and please gamble responsibly.
0: Um, next, we're going to talk AFL with Mark. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by MG the kid. He's deflected from the dark side to the side of light. Little Birdie and Darcy Spink. She's out of COVID lockdown. She's been sunning herself up in Byron and oh my god, I am jealous. I can't wait to go on holiday myself. Now, let's look at AFL Round 3 action, Collingwood and Brisbane. Epic finish after the siren goal from Zach Bailey. It was an amazing uh, betting game. It was, I think it was like two and a half to seven and a half. I can't believe the market went against us, MG.
1: Yeah, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the one upside of the market going against us is we uh, got to reload at the plus seven. We couldn't believe our luck. Uh, we thought at the start of the week getting at the plus two and a half Brisbane. Um, and then, yeah, it just drifted out. We, we, we had our prices built in that Mac and Ernie wasn't going to play. So I'm not sure if that was the shift to why. Um, but anyway, good for us. We get to double dip and the plus seven was... Uh, we didn't even need the kick after the siren for the plus seven, so that was good. Um, good win by Brisbane, and I think Collingwood are a middle of the roadside mm-hmm. that we thought.
0: Yeah, and I think there's some good angles at the moment with uh, in-play betting. So I know it's frustrating you can't do it online, but uh, have the phone ready to ring up because... I think two or three goals at the moment in the game isn't big, isn't a big margin. So you can actually get the bookmakers uh, for odds. I think Hawthorne were a big price. I didn't back them in run because I was too heavily committed at the plus. Yeah. Uh, but again, there, there was a massive price about Brisbane Lions. So if you want to trade AFL, make sure uh, you're looking at the in-play markets. One game that you couldn't uh, go in-play was Kangas and Western Bulldogs unless you were hammering and doubling down on the minus Anything to talk about there? Nah, no. uh,
1: Result, 128-point win. You won't see too many of those this year, although if North don't pick up their games, you might see enough. But um, no, line was over early in the third quarter. Easy watch.
0: Adelaide, uh, we've already spoken about that. The line was 7.5. They jumped favourite and they got the job done. When the whips were cracking, they really dug deep. And there's a little bit of a question mark over Gold Coast Suns at the moment for mine.
1: Yeah, happy to pose Gold Coast for the moment going forward. I think they've copped some more injury as well. Haven't got great depth. Um, Adelaide weren't great, but they're you know they're not expected to make finals either. So just got the job done. and The market went our way,
0: and Richmond and Sydney. The market got this one horribly wrong twenty one and a half to thirty, and the Swans caused the big boilover. So plenty of multis killed yeah, there. Probably muscle. the probably saved the bookies because there was a lot of lot of pain for the bookmakers all weekend. But uh, Richmond to save the day for sure
1: yeah he got two results in a row here Nico um yeah the Richmond was smashed off the park 21 to 30 is a big move um you know for a side that was obviously 2-0 at the time um Sydney or airborne big win for the bookies and they got the result after with uh Essendon doing the job in St Kilda so yeah it did save their week and uh um yeah Essendon going forward against Sydney this week so that form ties in We'll see how they go.
0: Mm. And St Kilda have got a horror draw. they got West Coast, Richmond and Port Adelaide the next three weeks. Are they gone? Saints? Uh,
1: yeah, you know they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'd, at this stage, they're, they're probably doubtful to win 0-3, I would have thought. It's big test at West Coast at home this week. Um, you know, I, I can't see them winning, but, uh, you know, if they, if they don't get over West Coast this week, they're in real trouble.
3: Mm.
0: It's uh, a real tricky one there. Carlton look to be back. Croops is back. He was up and about.
1: Yeah, (laughs) You're only up and about on Carlton because you've already backed him this week against the Gold Coast. (laughs) Uh, An ordinary match again. Uh, Not a high rating match, Carlton and Freo. Didn't enjoy watching the replay too much. Um, And I think Freo are in trouble as well. Um, Mm. Carlton just got the job done, but I think they're borderline eight team as well. I wouldn't get too over the top on the Blues at this stage either. Mm. Hawthorne tackle Fremantle this week, so there's a glimmer of hope there for me.
0: Another another game that I thought was unwatchable was GWS versus Melbourne. I think Melbourne, despite being 3-0, they've had they've played in three of the most ugly games I've ever seen. It was good to see them put the hammer down in the last quarter. That was a, uh, a positive sign, but it's very
1: unattractive football. Yeah, it's turnover city, wasn't it? Um, very frustrating to watch. Um, glad I wasn't participating in the betting in this game. Um, yeah, Giants are in all sorts of trouble. They've got three tough games coming up, and I think they're a bit like some Kilda tracking at the moment. They could be in real trouble by the end of round six. Um, with Melbourne, I think they're they're a bit like Carlton. I think with the same kind of rating, I think they're borderline eight for me. I wouldn't get too carried away. I know they're three and zero. They've got a, you know, they've got a good test against Geelong this week. So we'll see see how they go this week. And um, you know, if they get the win this week, then maybe a few believers might uh, turn for Melbourne.
0: Mm. and uh, the Hawthorne Geelong game it's interesting Geelong have found a way to win in the last couple of weeks uh, some positive uh, variants there from the umpires and then they've got Jeremy Cameron and Dangerfield to come back shortly but uh, gee I just would have loved a better side to tackle Geelong this week than the D's.
1: yeah it's a um, winnable game for both um, you yeah, know they're still going to be missing Dangerfield but they might get one or two back yeah um, yeah, it's a big game. I think Melbourne are going pretty confident that they can beat Geelong with their leg speed and stuff like that. If they can just control the ball and not turn it over, um, I think I think they're at equal chance to beat Geelong. So it will be an interesting game to watch. Mm.
0: If you like what you hear with Mark's AFL Stings,
2: check out MG's tips and analysis for Round Four men's matches in the Little Birdie Shop. Get round 4, 5 and 6 for $44 or the whole season for 380 located on www.littlebirdypod.com
0: he is on fire. Our man, Mark Goodwill, he's four units up for the season and he's turned the corner, that's for sure. Now, it's AFL round four this week and we're going to go through the blockbuster clashes. We're going to get the odds for the first match. We've got Sydney Swans on Thursday night football against Essendon at the MCG. Darcy, market please.
2: Yeah, so Sydney Swans $1.20 versus Essendon $4.70, line 28
0: and a half. My thought, My th- first thoughts here, Mark, is... Uh, the line is very, very big here.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Nico. Um, oh, yeah, I couldn't get it uh, much into much beyond the 18 to 20 mark. Um, early market's already gone from 27.5 to 28.5 here, so maybe everybody's just jumping ab- ab- aboard Sydney. Um, expect Franklin to play, so maybe the market's going to go uh, one way for the moment. So I would expect if you like Essendon at this stage that uh, I would wait until the, as late as possible to put your bets on for Essendon. You may get plus 30 at this stage, away the market's tracking, which uh, small ground, bit of weather around at night. Mm, um, it's greasy. I think it's a big start for um, you know, a side that may have a dip in form. Mm.
0: Yeah, there's 4 to 10 mil today, being Wednesday for Sydney, and I think it's going to be about 1 to 3 mil on game day tomorrow. So make sure weather watch on Sydney. That could be a good angle there to... Uh, Get on the plus, that's for sure. Okay, looking at the next match, we've got Port Adelaide versus Richmond. Yeah. Odds pleased us.
2: Port Adelaide, $1.65 versus Richmond, $2.30. And the line is seven and a half.
0: That's Friday night, eight o'clock at Adelaide Oval. MG, thoughts here?
1: Yeah, great game. Good, good scheduling by the AFL too. Mm. Friday night, marquee to have two good sides. I like the way the AFL's actually set the... Uh, the schedule up this year so far, I think a lot of the games that we've been betting and we've found have definitely mm. been the Thursday, Friday, Saturday games. Uh, been hiding the Sunday contests a bit. So really looking forward to this one. Liz the start of the year, two top four sides, both coming off losses. Um, they'll both want to respond. Um, Richmond actually owns owns the latest head-to-head. They've won three out of the last four against Port, and they're very good away side. So just the way the market's tracking, open six, currently plus seven and a half. Uh, I'd be leading to the plus again here, I think. Richmond at plus seven and a half off a rebound. Um, did witness Jack Rewalt the other last night on his show 360. And every time Richmond lose, they love to respond. So I know Porter in the same vote, but... I like I lean towards a plus here on Richmond.
0: Okay, Darcy, you might have to step into your Tigers, and I think I might too. I think Port Adelaide off the back of a trip to West West Coast Eagles is a uh, it would be a nice time for the Tigers to get them. And yeah, you'd hate as soon as a a side like Geelong or Richmond or Brisbane Lions get beaten, uh, they're definitely sides that can uh, can bounce back quickly. Now Ballarat is in for a treat on Saturday afternoon, and. We sort of talk about how good it'd be to get to this game if it was at Marvel Stadium, but uh, I'm not sure how many they can fit under COVID restrictions at Mars Stadium out at Ballarat. But uh 1 pm, we've got the Western Bulldogs taking on the Brisbane Lions. I'm not sure if they've been home or not, but uh das, mark it please.
2: Yep, Western Bulldogs $1.50 versus R- Brisbane $2.65 or oh, minus 11.5.
0: Mm, for the Western Bulldogs. Interesting line there. I can't mm. really find an angle. In this game, I think the market looks about right, Mark.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great contest again. This is an unfortunate fixture that they obviously have to go to Mars here, and I think this is maybe a small error by the AFL that they don't have the ability to maybe transfer it and find a later game for the Bulldogs to play maybe a lesser side at uh, at Ballarat sometime during the year. I just think, you know, being at the game Collingwood-Brisbane on, uh, on on Thursday night, I just think it would have had a similar uh Similar atmosphere Uh, the week before, West Coast and Bulldogs played a cracking game as well. So maybe they should have moved this game. And in hindsight, I just wonder whether the AFL, you know, even thought about it or just for the better of the game. You know, 40,000 at least they would have got, I think, in there um, and for the contest. From the betting point of view, um, it's open 10.5, which we thought was maybe a little big. Um, It's already gone to 11. So the bookies seem to be shading the favourites early in the week. Um, Maybe just because they ran a bit true last week and a few Mm. of the lines did move their way. Uh, again, if I was going to back Brisbane at this at the plus, which would be my only bet if I was betting, um, I'd wait as the week went on. I think there's a real good chance to back Brisbane the one to thirty nine around the three dollars if I was playing in this mm. game. And the other
0: good match that we're going to preview is the Sunday game or the the, the money match. Uh, it's Gold Coast Suns versus Carlton at Metricon seven o'clock on sorry on Saturday night, and the money is running hard for the Blues. Obviously a big Big loss in the Ruck
1: stocks for uh, Gold Coast Suns at the moment. Your game of the week, you've uh, you circled <laughs> this one early when I said uh, you know where and when. What are we going to watch this week? And uh, you've come back with me and you said Carlton. Carlton's my team this week. Um, really can't believe that uh, Carlton opened the outsiders in this game plus three and a half. Uh, even the week before we uh, we tried to get on and didn't get on for much at the plus six and a half. We just saw they had this game incorrect moving forward. Mm. Um, they've corrected themselves quite quickly. I'm not sure. If we had any influence in that, Nick, we'd <laughs> like to say we had maybe a point or two, but uh, they jump pretty quick, the bookies. I've seen a few um, now got them favourites at one and two points. I'm not sure it'll move too much more, although the Giants now... i mean, Sorry, the Suns are really getting tested in their uh, their big man stocks, but they don't have a lot of depth in their side. So this is a winnable game for Carlton. I know they let us down two weeks ago against Collingwood when um really tipped them hard. I don't think if Carlton want to play finals, they can afford to drop this game, so... Mm. I'm real keen on Carlton. Um, Plus three and a half was a gift for mine. I think it'll move another one or two points. Um, minus five's around the starting point for the Blues, and I'll be disappointed if they don't win this game. Mm, lots of friends in my chat groups
0: uh, want to be with Carlton this week, and I just I can see everyone just coming up with Carlton, so I think this could uh, keep running, definitely. Uh, speaking of finals, we're going to have a look at buy, sell and hold, our new segment. we we'll probably created this while Dars was on the beach in Byron, but um, <laughs> we're going to have a quick look at the futures markets. We're going to start with... The Premiership Market, odds are on the screen, thanks to topsport.com.au. Darcy's Tigers, uh, open up favourite there.
2: Yes, so Richmond Tigers, $4.80. Geelong Cats, $6.00. Port Adelaide Power, $6.00. West Coast Eagles, $7.50. Western Bulldogs, $8.50. Brisbane Lions, $10.00. Sydney Swans, $11.00. And Melbourne Demons, $15.00.
0: Well, I'm a little bit surprised with the Western Bulldogs price. It just keeps holding up. They've got the soft draw, as you mentioned on last week's show. 850 still looks like a backable pl- price. When I sort of woke up yesterday and we were sort of talking about the show, I thought, oh, well, Brisbane Lions will be in at like $5.50 or $6.00. The bookies will have their foot on them. They're very exposed now. They've got lots of options up forward. But here they are still, you know, they, I'd say they're hanging out there at 850, and it's enticing me to want to bet them.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm buying again. Um, (laughs) Well, I I just think the way, you know, we tried to instruct the punters last week. I I think the way you play future markets is you've got to have an eye on the end of the season, but I think you've got to play it in some kind of chunks throughout the year, and I like to do it four weeks at a time. Um, Just look at the draw, whether the price is going to go up and down. If you're playing it like a share market option, Mm. um, I think there's two standouts at the moment. I just think the Bulldogs are up and about, Um, plus they've got an easy draw and... You know, turning around six and seven at the moment, they should be on top of the ladder for mine. Um, 8.50, no uh, no reason why if you're playing in premiership markets this week. They're, they're one to back. Um, West Coast are another one. They've got a pretty good draw, I think, um, the way they're going. Uh, they won't lose too many at home. We saw that against Port on the weekend. It was a big turning game for them. Uh, I know they lose Shui again, you know, and they need Yo back in the side. But, geez West Coast is uh, best side on paper. They'll be... Uh, whips a crack and win the, the end of the year. I think they'll be one of the major players. So if you like West Coast, um, no need to jump off Richmond. I wouldn't get too excited. They uh, History shows they often lose a game in the first month of the year. Uh, so don't panic, Dars. You know, I, know you, know. I know you're holding a good ticket <laughs> on uh, Richmond right. for the premiership. You're yeah. following us in. So um, I think I saw maybe $485. So if you like Richmond, I'd be holding your ticket. Or if you want to invest, maybe it's a good time off the back of a loss. Um Holding Brisbane also. I don't think you need to go anywhere on Brisbane. Um, myself this week, I'm just gonna stick with the same sides, I think. Um, can't really sell these guys getting out anymore St Kilda. I just think they're gone. But thirty-one dollars, I'm not sure too many partners are putting up their hands to buy St Kilda at thirty-one dollars. Um, but I think I think the one you want to be selling on is Sydney at the moment, they're a bit like your mate Tex Walker and the Coleman Medal. Um,
0: the, into eleven dollars is, is
1: bottom, bottom, rock bottom. Um yeah. And, well, I, I think the bookies may be taking a plan well. If they beat Essendon well this week, um, all of a sudden they're 4-0. and
3: um,
1: mm. And, you know, if they they might get into single figures next year. But looking where they've come from last year, um, they're very short at this stage. So I wouldn't be jumping into Sydney at all. Mm, and I can't, uh, at the moment, I couldn't
0: touch Geelong at $6. I know they've got the big, big players back, but their game style um, and even injecting those players... Are, I think they're going to be really found out in the finals. I'll be looking to oppose Geelong against any good side in a head-to-head match, but, yeah, I definitely couldn't back the Cats for the flag at this stage. I thought they were just going to gel and click, and they have have those big players out, but um, there's nothing about the way Geelong plays at the moment. And to go into their shell against a, a really junior club like Hawthorne was a really big white flag and a sign of weakness for me. and. I I can't have them at all. And I think Port Adelaide, I think you nailed that as well. $6 Port Adelaide at the moment is poisoned at the way they are playing. Now, let's look at the Brownlow medal odds thanks to Top Sport, Das.
2: the Brownlow market, we've got Dustin Martin at $4.50, Tom Mitchell, $8.50, Marcus Bonampelli, $9.50, Travis Boak, $11, Christian Prachaka, $12, Lockie Neal, $15 Fifteen dollars and Patrick Cripps at fifteen dollars.
0: Interesting uh, market here. I think Dusty's well well found at four fifty, and mm-hmm. Tom Mitchell just looks sickly short at eight fifty. He doesn't look like he's going anywhere near his Brownlow form of a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, I'm selling Mitchell. Um, I wouldn't be jumping into Mitchell. I think they've just mispriced him at the moment. Um, you know, he's in a side that's probably not going to win too many more games. Um, I mean, they're bottom six side Hawthorn. Generally, they're in a rebuild. Um, I just can't see Mitchell. Mitchell won't be winning the Brownlow this year, I don't think. At eight fifty, I can't believe he's second favourite. Um, not much happened in the Brownlow this week in terms of votes. Mm. Um, you know, they could probably win. Um, one or one or will be tipping out wide is maybe Max Gore. Now, I know a lot of pe- a lot of people do the Brownlow stuff. Never fall into Ruckman. They don't have a good record and stuff like that. The thing with Max and Melbourne is why they're winning. There's only pretty much three players that pile votes mm. um, on a consistent basis. Oh, Max yeah. Gorn's one of them, and he's got limited opposition to the ruck now. He may not win it, but $29 each way, um, mm. you know, he might give you some kind of sight. And I just think the market's pretty cramped at the top. Um, so he might be one just out wide that you can keep an eye on the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, he's probably the most talked about player on the show, the big Texan Tex Walker. We're going to talk Coleman medal betting odds. I can't believe I'm saying this. Das odds courtesy of top spot for the Coleman medal.
2: Yep, so Tex Walker, $4. Josh J. Kennedy, $6.50. Tom Hawkins, $7. Uh, Harry McKay, $8. Tom Lynch, $8. Charlie Dixon, $9. Jack Darling, $11.00. Joe Danher, thirteen dollars, and Josh Bruce at thirteen dollars.
0: Josh J Kennedy is starting to uh, flex his muscles there, and I think uh, he'd be the way on playing there. I think Taylor Walker is definitely a sell. He's rock bottom odds there. I'd like to lay him as a bookmaker if I was Tristan. I'd just over the shoulders. I'd do a little bit of a special, a little birdie special. Lay Tex, and I'd just make a book around him. Thoughts, Marco? <laughs> I don't
1: know why you don't like Tex. I thought you were all I like love him. him. <laughs> Himself. Oh, jeez. We're going to have to go down with a ship on this one, aren't we, Scoot? We, um, you know, we got into Tex a little early, um, and then he's put five, six, and five on us. So I uh, can't believe I'm going to get hung for the year on uh, doing money on a common metal market I don't even bet in. Um, but uh, he's on fire, the Tex. And he's he? got Kangas. He's got Kangas. This week, <laughs> so... Um, Listen, I'm going to go down the shit with him. And keep selling him. He's four dollars favorite. Oh, I think the bookies have got this wrong. But uh, God knows if he puts eight or twelve on the king, he's got lights he out. He might be six <laughs> to four. <next laughs> week. So, um, listen, all the big forwards are starting to uh, grind their gears. The Coleman might be an actual cracking event this year. You mm. know, if, if the game style stays the way it is, there's no guarantee it will. But if it does, we might have a few big bags. and might be chopping, chopping all year. You know, we saw Bruce kick ten, Mackay seven. Um, you know, maybe text does put double figures on the kangaroos this week.
0: If the Western Bulldogs have got North Melbourne twice, there's a big chance that Josh Bruce could uh, could get a third of the goals that he needs from one club yeah. alone. Now. We can't get them all right, and we're definitely getting Tex Walker wrong at the moment, but someone who is getting them almost perfectly right is Marky. He tipped five from six last week, and he's absolutely on fire. Make sure you check out his AFL stings. You get the two women's uh, preliminary finals this week, and then they head to the big dance. Someone made a really good point uh, with Good Friday. That's probably a great day to have the women's footy be the curtain raiser for another uh, Good Friday match and make the final there. So maybe the AFL will look at that suggestion. I thought it was uh, pretty spot on. It'd be great to showcase their grand final, even though I think it's unwatchable. Now, punningform.com.au has all the best raw data, the biggest syndicates in the world. Use Punningform's raw data. They can create a model for you, custom-made, or you can just use their database like most other punters do. Make sure you contact punningform.com.au and check them out. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with a Hall of Fame, one of our favourite segments, and one of our favourite characters is Top Rope Padeshi. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, I'm your host Scoot, I've got the kid MG and I've got Darcy Spinks here and if I could play Tina Turner simply the best, I would because we've got top road Tadeshi and it's Hall of Fame time and I love talking to this bloke about our Rugby League.
3: Mate, we are, it's one and the same this week, it is one and the same the Hall of Fame, it's, uh, it can only be one nomination now. If you're the West Tigers Plus, you're <laughs> probably not going to agree with this one but... Uh, hard to go past Moses and by kicking sideways five metres out from his own line when Le- we're down by eight and they cannot win the game. The game is well and truly over to so then come out and uh, kick it sideways. Blake Ferguson catches the ball, scores untouched in the corner. Those on the minus 10 and a half salute. Cannot believe it. Kicks it from the sideline. Those on the 13 plus salute. Wow, Moses and by True gambling
0: heroics. It was, it had to be seen to believe in the last eight seconds. You did not, uh, this is probably the biggest backdoor cover of all time and the final dagger into Top Sports Hearts and every bookie. It was unimaginable that I'd cover the 10.5. Make sure you get on KO Minis and watch the last final minutes of this match West Tigers versus Parramatta. The line 10.5 and 13-plus gets covered in an unthinkable set of circumstances. Moses chips it across, and there's my man, bent nose Blake Ferguson. He just gallops in, and he just couldn't believe it. He celebrated for about 30 seconds, and he was so excited and probably just shocked that he'd entered the two-try zone. But i tell you what, it was a fascinating week for the Hall of Fame with a couple of worthy contenders. We've had Ryan Pappenhausen. He scored four tries in about eleven minutes and was starting to really test the uh, the rugby league annals and and all those big stats keepers. I thought he was going to score about six or seven tries. What do you think, Top I thought I
3: thought we were going to get some record busted, so it was a little disappointing that he was so selfless. But yeah, Brocco Broncos really tried to shut him down the second half. But uh, uh, four tries in eleven minutes—that's more tries than the Bulldogs have scored all season. So hold well on, Ryan not <laughs>
0: And Zach Bailey after the sirens, another notable omission. But uh, Moses and By is a good addition. He joins Mattress Matt, the uh, the the mattress furniture shop owner that bets on futures markets uh, to offset his uh, promotions. There, Cam Monster's in there for his uh, contract signing at the ballet. Fletch the Hall of Fame. Famer for his Asian set and Jamie Carr's in there. It's an illustrious uh, Hall of Fame. If you do something good on the punt, we put you in there. But uh, the backdoor cover is one of the sickest all time. So I think that is an absolutely sensational addition. Top rope Tadeshi. And let's kick straight across to the NRL Round 5. A little hat tip. You declared all of the minuses or all, all of the big teams at the minus last week, and it was an absolute fill-up for you. It must have been easy watching Top Rope last week. Ah,
3: uh, yeah, it was absolutely delightful. It wasn't so uh, easy when your side's on the back end of one of those losses. But uh, uh, it, look, these big minuses have been last now ten and one against the spread where a top sixteen against the bottom sixteen plays a double-digit spread this year. Seven and zero against the spread to the minus. So. Uh, I think we're onto something pretty early. I don't think the market has fully adjusted yet. It was a real easy watch last week. Just a little shout-out for those subscribing to the guide. Absolute fill-up, 70-plus percent on turnover last week. So uh, a nice little uh, nice little uh, week to get the feet moving.
0: Yeah, and just a little one. This might trigger you, but uh, the state of the game is out to get PVL. They think that he is responsible for these big blowouts. I'm in your corner here, and it's the first time I'm in the corner of PVL for quite a long time, uh-huh. but... Surely PBL's influence in the game is not uh, responsible for these cellar dwellers at the moment. He'd have to be in the game for four or five years or bring in this uh, expansion team. We've covered it early in the the show. The AFL pulled the wrong move when they didn't push uh, North Melbourne to the Gold Coast Suns. But I think a big bad move would be if there was another team in Brisbane instead of a merger. What do you think, uh, Top Rope?
3: Uh, Look, I... I will jump to, first, the PVL defence. Uh, 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 there's no doubt that the new rules lend themselves to bigger blowouts when a good team plays a bad team. But I don't think there's a problem. Because, you know what, it makes for a better game when good teams play good teams. What PVL is doing is lifting the standard of the game as a whole shouldn't be kowtowing down to the lowest common denominator like so many organisations do. So, we're well done to PVL. Absolutely not the reason that it's sell this. As somebody who's been intimately involved with Canterbury for many, many, many years, I can tell you, they're, they're, they're awful by their own doing. And they're continuing to get themselves <laughs> into more awful trouble when they don't have to by hiring a foolish coach, by... Signing players that shouldn't be signing for long term deals, just as so we are getting out of capital. Somehow we're get ourselves into more capital. It's actually astonishing. So, uh, look, it's a fairly similar thing with, with the three other clubs that are struggling. This has the cause of Bulldogs, all this drama. Now he's doing the same to Manly. So, uh, I, I think it's a few organisations which a lot more than it is the rules of the game. Uh, in regards to expansion, I know that it hasn't worked so much, but I am actually a, an advocate for a 17th team to come into the competition. Uh, Second team in Brisbane, absolutely needed. But I don't think a relocation would work. I think we need a uh, a team to get into Brisbane. I think Wayne Bennett will coach them. And I think they will uh, uh, kind of get off on the right foot with their uh, new standalone team. And and, and that team will probably be the uh, Redcliffe Dolphins from the Queensland Cup. A little bit like Port Adelaide uh, when they came in. They've got a very rich base. They've got a lot of supporters already. They've got a thriving lease club. They will, they will come in and they'll be one of the most profitable teams off the bat. So uh, I think that's probably the way to go for, for expansion.
0: Mm. As an AFL person, to watch sides like Gold Coast Suns and GWS battle their way for the last dozen years, I think that absolutely stinks. But time will tell, that's for sure. Let's. I,
3: I, I don't disagree to this, but I, in terms of, I think, just kind of plucking a team out of nowhere and manufacturing something would be a bad move. I think pulling something... You know, I think the better equivalent is Port Adelaide kind of making that jump from mm. the sample up to to the league and, and then kind of having that base of support there to start. With. I think that's a much better example of how this will play out. If, if they were saying, hey, we're just going to create a site out of Brisbane, it's not going to have you know, the backing of a, of a local side in there, I'll, I would be with you completely. I
0: Mm, I can see your angle there and take that on board, that's for sure. Let's look at Thursday night football, South Sydney. My team, the Rabbitohs versus the Brisbane Broncos at Stadium Australia. Darcy, odds courtesy of TossSport.com, do you
2: Yep, so South's $1. seven versus Broncos at $9. The line is minus 21.5.
0: Well we Wayne Bennett gets to beat up on his old Broncos top rope. Uh, you like having fun, Stuart?
3: You like having fun because you're gonna have plenty of fun Thursday night. Uh, this is gonna be a minus. This is gonna be your boys. This is gonna be Wayne getting revenge. This is gonna be Wayne getting in the head of Kevin Walters after it be after he leaked a story this week that uh, Wayne Bennett was moving back to Brisbane and uh, obviously it was a job advertisement to get involved with the Broncos again uh, or so he wanted to make it seem. Uh, I think this is going to be an overs game. It's going to be an absolute feel. I think South will win this by 50. So I will be uh, well and truly steaming for the minusing and, and plenty of extended ones as well.
0: 50-point mm, play. The man who made a meal or made made a feast of the minuses last week is just ploughing into my bunnies. That is sensational to hear. And No Cody Walker, but uh, Benji Marshall, uh, he, he's well worth uh, well-worthwhile replacement there, isn't he?
3: He's not a bad replacement, but most teams have to pull in a, a, a youngster onto the first grade. Benji's played three in the first round, and he's absolutely loving life at the Rabbits right now. Uh, I think he's playing pretty good footy. Well, Cody Walker's one of the best in the comp. Big loss, but this is the Broncos. They can't tackle. Benji's going to have a feast.
0: Hmm. Who wouldn't be loving life at the South Sydney Rabbits? You've got Hemsworth trotting around. You've got Natalie in the stand. There's so much Hollywood. I'll give you. I'll give you
3: one name, Adam Reynolds. He's not really loving life <laughs> at South right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's a
0: no, you new contract. Only, hmm, uh, only offering a year. Reynolds' rendiggity, he wants three years. That, uh, that'd be sad. And, uh, it's like ripping the fabric out of uh, the bunnies, wouldn't it?
3: Ripping the absolute heart out of the four old South Sydney bunnies. But uh, oh, to be fair to South, they're cast with their cap. They're, they're all in for the comp this year and next. They can't really be offering a three-year deal. Uh, if he's smart, if the club's smart, they will, well, if, he, if he's smart, he will go and give himself a good three-year deal at a battling club and help kind help of regenerate those teams.
0: Mm. Be a sad, sad loss, that's for sure. Let's look at Friday night football. A very disappointing team last week was New Zealand Warriors. They take on Manly, who are in all sorts with injury problems. But odds, please, Dars?
2: Yep. New Zealand Warriors $1.40 versus Manly at $3.
3: Mm. Angle here, please. Top rope. Got to be with the Warriors here, mate. Uh, Manly are conceding 39 points a game this year. They've lost Morgan Boyle to injury. Tommy Turbo still not back. Uh, Warriors go well at Gosford. Nook covered 9 of 11. Little angle here, though, for them. Uh, Warriors, excellent as a bounce-back team. They have covered 13 of their last 18 of a loss of 13-plus. So uh, very keen to get involved with the Warriors this week.
1: Mm, very, very
0: disappointing last week, but they did come up against the quality side in the Roosters, that's for sure. Now Penrith-Canberra at Penrith Stadium on Friday night, about 8 o'clock kickoff there. Odds, please, Daz.
2: Penrith $1.40, Canberra $2.95, and the line is 7.5. A half.
0: Mm, little bit of a specking for Penrith, uh, 190 and 185 there, top rope. Uh,
3: Match of the round, no doubt. I reckon uh, two genuine premiership contenders here. Uh, Hard game to get a real, real push on. I'm definitely leaning a little towards the Raiders here. Penrith are great at home. They've covered another two-thirds of the game at home over the last four years. The Raiders, this 20-90 the spread as an underdog on the road. They bounce back well. Sorry, they hold form well off a big win. Uh, They are really good just generally on the road. I will have a small bet on the Raiders plus head-to-head. Really keen on the under here, though. Uh, These teams are both two defensive-based teams at the moment. Panthers have conceded sixteen points all year. Oh, I think the under is probably the
0: better, one of the better totals of the week. Mm. And looking at Sunday, the Get Out Stakes, we have got uh, Parramatta versus St George at Bankwest Stadium. Last match of the round at uh, six o'clock Sunday night. Uh, Odds, please.
2: Parramatta dollar twenty-eight and St George Dragons at three dollars seventy, and the line is nine and a half.
0: The uh, the St George Dragons here top road. There are uh, surprising a couple. They're not as bad as everyone thought.
3: No, they're absolutely not as bad as everyone thought. They, they, they gave the, uh, uh, the Knights a fair old touch-up on the weekend. Uh, look, they covered that as, a, as an eight-and-a-half point outside. They won off the, off the stick there. They've now covered 15 of 22 as an underdog of more than the converted try. Uh, they get Jack Bird back this week. Parra covered, as we discussed in Hall of Fame. They weren't that impressive against uh, uh, mm-hmm. the Tigers. They are a little bit sloppy. I, I'm happy to take the Saints here. I reckon that the Dragons can... Yeah,
0: cover the 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 nice number here. Yeah, if uh, if you think that's an odd comment, yes, a fourteen point <laughs> point win can look very very average, and the backdoor cover, as we said, needs to be seen to be believed. But I couldn't agree more. They were pretty lackluster uh, in the last half there, Parramatta Eels, but their form all season is pretty rock solid, so I can see why the line is where it is from the bookies now. It's time for our Lock of the Week. And we might have to change the name of this segment because we are making the Lock of the Week look like very, 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 very hard at work. And it's top rope versus a kid. But I'm going to sound the siren and put in a protest. I think Scooty should be back into the Lock of the Week or I'm just going to anoint myself into the Lock of the Week. You guys are going that average that I think
1: I deserve a little spot in the team. Mark? Yeah, Top Rope and I voted against it. Uh, so it was, two against, it was two against one, yet you're in. So you must have thre- three votes against mine and uh, Top Rope's on each. But anyway, I also see Top Rope that uh, on the run sheet, Nico's put himself down for last week's winner as well. So he's, he's not only joining the comp, but he's actually joining the well, comp with, uh, with a plus to his bank. So yeah, well, he,
3: well done. Well done. i will two losses to start off with. Yeah. And, uh, and he wants to take the winner. He's going to
1: play. He's red hot. He's had a big week, Nico, so he's just putting himself everything in everything at the moment. <laughs> the uh, just one of the
0: square, great
3: rorters of all time.
1: <laughs> to square
0: up there, I was actually betting bottles of grey goose, so well, I think we're all square there. We've, we've got the square up, but uh, what we're talking about, we're talking absolutely gibberish at the moment. It's lock of the week, and then what we're trying to do here is raise money for raise.org.au, and they are a charity. That provides mentors for teens and uh, youth, and helps to get fast interventions to get kids back on track. It's raise.org.au. They do fantastic work. They've provided thousands of mentors for lots of kids and turn them around. I think it's a really important thing for young kids to get back on the right sort of track. And mentors are just so important. As we see on this show, you need uh, guys like Mark and Nick holding your hands to make smart decisions. But, uh Let's talk about how we're going to get to this $5,000 bank. As Mark's alluded to, I tipped the, uh, the Lions as my lock of the week. I'll open the batting here. I'm running this show. I had Lions as my lock of the week against Collingwood. So now I've got a $380 balance in my bank balance. And I'm going to multi West Coast Eagles to beat St Kilda into South over the Broncos. And the Storm are going to win again. So it's $1.50 there at Top Sport, the three-leg uh, treble. I think this is a treacherous, treacherous weekend in, uh, in sports betting. So... I'm going to uh, cat it a little bit, just a little bit uh, defensive here. But Top Rope, have, have you got your lock of the week? Yeah,
3: I'm going to go a 13-plus double here. South into Melbourne, both win 13-plus. Uh, you get about 60
0: for that. That's true. $1.60. So top sport, top sport has got a 60 there, and Top Rope's got $254 as he got the treble, the shorties up last week. And MG, you finally... Hit the wall last week with the Richmond Tigers. You got your medicine because you'd already tipped the Tigers early in the year and you've gone to the safe play again and Wooshka, the swaney has got you.
1: Yeah, I followed Darcy. She uh, <laughs> tipped Richmond as a certainty to me last week over the Tex. Uh, obviously, had too many cocktails in Byron. I shouldn't have listened. I cop my right whack So heated advice from uh, Top Rope this week And just uh, try to put a little double together To uh, get back on the board and get rolling Because I don't want to cop an email From race.org.au Anytime soon to lift my game So I'm also going to go West Coast head to head into Adelaide. Uh, I think it's about dollar seventy nine for my uh two hundred investment and hoping to get back on the positive side. We're looking to get to that five thousand dollar mark so we can donate some money to
0: charityraise.org.au. Make sure you check out what they're doing. It sort of just reminds me uh, this little short shorty segment a really funny tweet. A guy, uh, Tablord Kieran, tweeted a little while ago, a little bit of a, uh, a thread about the time that he backed Winks at a dollar twenty. He was at the races in Sydney at Rose Hill, and he just wanted to get his confidence back and up and about for the punt. And Sometimes you just need a little confidence builder, and that's what I did, actually. I, a little confession this morning. I thought the round was so hard that I actually took the dollar fifty multi at Top Sport, and I had 800 on it. I don't think I'm going to bet too much this week in the... In the game, but I just need a little confidence booster, so I'm just going uh, to like have 800 on the dollar, dollar fifty that treble out wide. So uh, I'm, I'm chips in there. Top rope.
3: I'll tell you what that bet count sounds far too low for my liking. <laughs> far too low for my liking. <laughs> you dropped a zero. What, what are you thinking? You may as well. You may as well. You may as well huge. That be That far in advanced ski.
1: He hasn't received his uh, prize money check from his horse winning on the weekend yet, Top rope. So, so I know. can invest. <laughs> Who needs more confidence?
3: You're winning a big jump <laughs> at the Oak Bank, and yeah. all of a sudden you need, uh, you need your confidence. Oh, I thought you were the most confident man in Australia,
0: mm. Been under fire in the last 24 hours, but uh, we'll rectify that situation tomorrow <laughs> on Bet Doctor, uh, the racing show tomorrow. So make sure you uh, tune in for that one. I'm thinking it's going to be a fiery episode. Top Road today been fantastic. He did not miss uh, in the Hall of Fame. The backdoor cover. West Tigers versus Parramatta, unbelievable scenes, and you didn't even. I'm a bit disappointed. Pappenhausen, he's the new goat. He's they've lost a couple of goats, and now in Struts Pappenhausen, he's just an excitement machine. We played him from the top of the show. The highlights real. Mark loves him. You had to Google his name to spell it right,
1: but he, you love the Pap. I'd nearly buy a membership just to go watch Pat play. I can't believe he's not in the uh, Hall of Fame. What does he have to do? Topper <laughs> a, a four tries in eleven minutes is not good enough to get in.
3: <laughs> I'll tell you what, and they just stop playing on a wet on a Thursday or Friday because that's about four thousand bets before we get a, a backdoor cover <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon.
1: That was that was unbelievable to cover. Mm, if you haven't seen the replay or the
0: footage of Ryan Pappenhausen, make sure you check it out. He is an absolute jet, and I can't wait. I, I, I was just uh, mystified when he uh, in the flesh to watch him. He's like a little electric eel. He is an absolute excitement machine. Make sure you check out Ryan Pappenhausen in the flesh if you live in Melbourne or live in Sydney. Just get to the game, watch him. He is unbelievable. I've seen nothing like it in rugby league and wow he can play the fullback position and can teach a lot of people a lot about rugby league because I know nothing top rope Teshi, thank you very much you've been outstanding on the show and can't wait to see you next week
3: pleasure cannot wait
0: outstanding episode of little birdie podcast this week we've got winners galore in the AFL and RL if you want to check out these guys sets Make sure you head to the Little Birdie shop and get the AFL Stings for Mark's Thoughts and the GGOA Greatest Game of All for Nick Tedeschi, Top Rope Tedeschi's Rugby League. Mail, great show. Great to have you back, Darce. I tell you what, you just That's add nice. another level to this show. <laughs> can't wait to... Uh,
2: I'm learning. I'm getting there. Can't <laughs> wait to
0: see your little antics across social media. I'm sure you've got a couple of product launches this week. You got any restaurants booked?
2: Yes, a few restaurants booked. We've got an event on Sunday, um, actually at Pink the Restaurant. Pink the Restaurant. Anyone's heard of that? Everything is pink. It's really cool. Missed
1: the the invite again. (laughs) Yeah. What do we have to do? I don't know whether you guys will fit in
2: there. (laughs) She said.
1: She said check the uh, junk mail. (laughs) Is that true?
0: Yeah, <laughs> we are struggling. Big thanks to a puntingform.com.au and topsport.com.au. These are the guys that support professional punters with tools and the ability to get on. So make sure you get around them. They support our show. They do great work for the game. And make sure you gamble responsibly. And like us, rate us on the Apple podcast, the Spotify, and YouTube channels that we've got, Little Birdie TV. We're absolutely everywhere on SoundCloud. And just get get us and digest us and download us however you see fit. But uh, keep supporting Little Birdie. We're trying to help you win.